Election College, Episode 302, Albin Barkley. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. It has been a couple of weeks since we've gathered around the virtual uh, kitty table. Is that what you want to call it? <laughs> well, we might as well. 302 episodes in it. We might as well give it a name. I guess. Anyway, I am in the Houston area and... Wow, I've been to California since the last time we recorded. You've been to Boston. Yeah. We've been shot in the globe. It's like North America. We have got you covered. <laughs> but I did want to give Unless a you're shout in Oklahoma, out. Oklahoma. We don't know anything about Oklahoma. No. Although, you know, when I was in Dallas, that's not too far from Oklahoma. That's true. But, yeah, the whole upper Midwest lately, just nothing. Mm-hmm. The north northwest too, yeah, but and or the extreme southeast. I'd like to go to Seattle sometime. I would too. I did a book report on Seattle when I was in fourth grade. I think it was. Wow. Got all of this awesome information because you know this was before the internet, and they sent me all kinds of stuff. The Convention and Visitors Bureau uh-huh. sent me tons of information about Seattle. Have I been? No. How dare you! take their free materials about their city huge disappointment but i remember the map like i remember some of the advertisers on the map wow that's crazy had a big impact on my life but yeah still never been i've been to vancouver which is probably more like seattle than seattle is right i would imagine alas (laughs) there we go yeah if anybody is in washington state and would like a big old fifth wheel to pull up into your driveway well Hit me up. No, where one is. Hey, speaking of that fifth wheel, in the last week, I traveled with the fam from the San Antonio, Austin, Texas area to beautiful Houston, Texas. And I had the opportunity to catch up with one of our favorite listeners. And that was James Early, Professor James. He and I had the chance to talk and wanted to... uh, not only give him a shout out, but let everyone in election college world know that he has a really awesome podcast. Actually, two. They're more in shorter stints. So uh, the first one is the Presidential Fight Club. If any of you are in his American History Fanatics Facebook group, just look it up. It's a great history group to be in. They had this poll that they conducted what, last year, uh-huh. and it was all about if the presidents would go head-to-head and about who would win. Like in a fight club. Oh, that's how they got that. <laughs> but you anyway, can't talk about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, just look it up. It's anywhere good podcasts are found, the History Fight Club. And then right now, he is co-hosting a Civil War podcast, and that is really a passion project uh, for him. So he knows a ton about the Civil War. And unfortunately, a lot of Civil War podcasts can be 
I don't want to bash any Civil War pa- podcasts because there's a lot of good ones out there, but they can be kind of dry. Yeah. There are some of them out there that are just like, let's read these notes we wrote up. And that's great because it, you know, you get a lot of information, but James is pretty uh, dynamic and interesting. Yeah, definitely. So look them up and um, yeah, it was great. Great time meeting you for lunch, James. And if anybody else is wanting to do lunch with one of us, hey, we're around. Yeah. Jason's everywhere. everywhere. I'm mostly just in Pittsburgh, but uh, <laughs> that's around Pittsburgh. Let us know. Oh, Jason, I didn't tell you this. Um, one of my friends, actually, one of the guys I went to Boston with last week, says to me, so I was looking for something online, and I don't know if he was looking up Truman or something. I, I forget how it came about. I don't think he's even subscribed to the podcast. Uh, it's somebody I like talk to every day, and I'm not even sure he knows I have a history podcast. Anyway. And he goes, I was looking for something about Truman, and I found an episode about Harry Truman, and it was like part four, so I had to go back and listen to the other ones, and it was like 10 minutes into listening to it that I realized it was you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so thanks, Phil. Thanks for, thanks for knowing my life, Phil. We're famous on iTunes. We're famous from my friend that I've known for years and been like on numerous trips with, and he just found us by Googling. So That's... Maybe that's my fault. I'm not very good at promoting myself, I guess. You know, I actually lost sight of that and got a good kick in the pants from myself of, why don't I introduce myself as like a podcaster? Because that's what I do. Yeah, that's true. You could just introduce yourself as Ben's cousin from now on. People okay. would people would know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do this. I'll introduce myself as Jason's cousin. People would know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and speaking of... Um, cousins and being in podcasting and everything. Both of us do other things dealing with podcasting and Ben, you've got a pretty kicking podcast about video gaming. Yeah. Uh, I run a website called handsomephantom.com It's um, it's a lot of fun. We have a couple podcasts, the HP podcast. Uh, check it out if you're interested in video games. There's a cross section apparently. At least one person, which is me likes both video games and history so check it out. Jason, you uh, you do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, uh, right now the latest project is on a podcast curriculum uh, for young people, just giving them some self confidence that I could have really used as an encouragement as a young guy who sat in front of his boombox and pressed the play and record buttons and let the cassette tape roll. I was that guy, and well, look at me now. But really, in all in all seriousness, I really have a vision of empowering kids to find their voice and to use podcasting as a way to use it and not only use it, but actually learn some things along the way. If, if these kids that you're going to be doing this course for learn half as much as you and I have learned just by talking about history together, man, they're going to be in for a treat. Oh, goodness. Which is nice segue about... Some of these Kentucky vice presidents that we didn't learn anything about as Kentuckians in history class. And this one is a shock because Albin Barkley, it wasn't that long ago that he was the vice president. And man, he kind of gradually came on the scene, but he went out with a bang. Are you ready to talk about Albin? I think so. Yes, definitely. So Willie Albin Barkley was born in November of 1877 in Wheal, 
Kentucky. And uh, if any of you have ever been to Wheel, uh, let us know. I've never been there. But his parents were tenant farmers. They grew tobacco. And his dad was an elder in the local Presbyterian church. They were a family that was very much opposed to playing cards as well as consumption of alcohol. And uh, while they were busy planting and abstaining from alcohol yet growing tobacco, Barclay's parents would leave him in the care of his grandparents. Because that's just kind of what you did, right? Jason, just about the cards thing real quick. I, I've probably mm-hmm. told this story at some point, but you and I both, we kind of grew up in more like conservative religious families. And um, I remember we moved from Florida to Pennsylvania at one point. And at my new church, I went in and I was, you know, like nine years old telling people stuff I was into. And I was in the, into magic, like doing magic tricks. And I pulled out a deck of cards because I was going to show some of these people at the church a new magic trick and i thought i was i thought i was the devil by the way they reacted to me telling me i can't believe you have cards in church and i had never heard of such a thing that that was a, that was wrong to like playing cards were not okay it was a new wow. thing to me that's like a double whammy cards and magic and magic <laughs> it Man. is yeah but anyway that that fact about alvin barkley that his uh, parents and family were very opposed religiously especially to cards and alcohol and stuff like that that will come into play here in a little bit we'll talk about that because he was hanging out with his grandma she would like tell stories about her relatives and stuff like that but also about her childhood and one of her playmates when she was a child when when Bill Barclay's um, grandmother was a child was Adlai Stevenson who would become the vice president in the future and then James McKenzie who was a U.S. representative from you guessed it Kentucky so pretty weird how everything connects in one way or another. Yeah, and they're all connected to Kevin Bacon somehow, right? Somehow. Yeah. So Barkley works on his parents' farm and attends school in Lowe's, Kentucky, more often than not between the fall harvest and the spring planting. And he's like, hey, I really don't like being called Willie. He takes on the name Albin William, because that's what you do when you decide that you don't want to be referred to as Willie. He goes off to a Methodist school where he has a change of persuasion on the Calvinism, Arminianism spectrum. He goes from being a Presbyterian to a Methodist. That's going to play into things later on. But he earns a Bachelor of Arts degree in 1897. Interestingly enough, his uh, college president was pretty flexible with him and was like, hey, you become a janitor while you're a student, and we'll help take care of your education. And, oh, by the way, you can come a little bit later on in the semester so you can help out your parents. It's kind of nice. Yeah, very nice. That That's not uncommon that students would be able to do that, but it was uncommon for them to actually finish the schooling. And after he graduates, he goes to Emory College in Georgia, and during one particular year, he was part of the debating society. Um, so, you know, he's already kind of, you've got that proclivity towards maybe someday working in law, but definitely, definitely going to be vice president. And he goes back and takes another job teaching in another college, but he just didn't 
make enough money to really survive. He moves back home with his parents to Paducah, Kentucky, which Paducah seems to come up in way too many conversations. And I think people just like to bring it up because it's got such a cool name. Like Paducah just sounds like a name you want to say over and over. Hey, pass the Paducah. That's right. I don't think that's grammatically correct, but it works. (laughs) So what you need to know about Paducah is there he goes, moves in with his parents. And like any good student who moves in with his parents he uh goes to work as a law clerk for charles k wheeler he's an attorney and a congressman and they're kind of different politically speaking but they get along nevertheless and if you remember this time around the turn of the century you had your free silver democrats and the gold democrats wheeler supports the uh, william jennings bryan faction and Barkley is more aligned with the gold Democrats. And he hoped that being acquainted with and being taught by Wheeler would help him because why not? He was going to move on up. He eventually runs uh, for the judge executive uh, position uh, there in McCracken County, which judge executive is kind of like being the mayor of your county. In Kentucky, the counties are set up that way to where they're a little more powerful than the cities by and large. So during that election, the Republicans didn't even nominate a candidate. So really, he goes up against uh, some other people in the Democratic primary, which is essentially just going to be you know, the general election because, hey, if the Republicans aren't running a candidate, there's no chance they're getting any votes in the general election. So he does all his own campaigning. He goes crazy going across the county. Uh, doing different speeches and stuff. He is likable. He is eloquent. He was in that debate society. He's an attorney, so he knows what's going on. And he just really appeals to all the farmers in the rural areas. So he wins, not by a ton, but by enough for sure. And, uh, and he takes office in January of 1906, where he immediately starts saving the taxpayers like tons of money so he's already going to be well liked but not by the people in charge because he's like challenging people who are already in power they are corrupt uh in different ways conflicts of interest abound everywhere and pretty quickly he is chosen as the president of the state association of county attorneys yeah and it doesn't take long he's winning favor of Republicans, Democrats, everyone. And in 1909, Hiram Smithley decides that he is, uh, well, it's not that he decided. <laughs> it's just that he gets indicted for embezzlement. He, he made a decision at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, if you're familiar at all with Kentucky politics, this is a, a typical thing. <laughs> And you'll you'll see this later on. But uh, what ends up happening is he's charged with 20 counts of forgery. Republicans are all about being like, hey, the Democratic Party, this is the party of Smedley. And Barkley responds that, nope, you Republicans, you're just as responsible for the murder of William Goebel. You remember William Goebel, right? Mm -hmm. He was the Democratic governor who was... Uh, allegedly assassinated by Republican conspirators uh, just a few short years before that. 
nevertheless, uh, the people see beyond that, Barkley wins um, by a nose hair and by a nose hair. <laughs> Man, Ben, the older I get, the longer the nose hairs get. That's right. And <laughs> that's uh, Barkley wins by a 40-year-old's nose hair. And <laughs> go figure. He continues to lay out an agenda to reduce the county's debt, improve roads, audit the books, and he's just going to town. So Representative Ollie James says he's going to run for Senate in 1912, the U.S. Senate. And Barkley says, okay, well, then I'm going to apply for his seat. And he really goes around and advocates lower taxes. He advocates increasing the railroad's being more regulated by the Interstate Commerce Commission. And a lot of people enter this race. There's a, there's a ton of people, uh, including Barkley's former boss, which, you know, might be a little awkward, I guess. And pretty much everybody in that race at, the po- at that point, of the Democrats at least, are super conservative Democrats. And Barkley says, you know, I think that the federal government should fund the new highway construction that's going on, you know, those highways that we're still enjoying today. Uh, he says he thinks the federal government should support it. And basically people are like, well, I guess in that case, you're a socialist. And also you're too young and you don't have any experience. And oh yeah, you're just power hungry. You just want to keep going and getting higher offices and you don't really care about the office you're in now. And Barkley's like, well, I mean, I do want to advance. That's true. Um, also, don't you like constantly try to get into different offices? He actually said uh, about Hendrick, he said, when the Pope died some years ago, nobody would tell Hendrick for fear he would declare for that office as well. So uh, there's a little bit of, you know, name calling and, and stuff like that. And after Woodrow Wilson uh, gets nominated for the presidency, the party all of a sudden is a little more progressive. And suddenly Barkley doesn't look so bad. And he wins the primary and goes on to win the general election as well. He didn't just kind of win the primary. He won almost half the votes out of like 47 people who were running. Not literally 47, but a bunch of people who are running. He gets almost half the votes. So uh, does quite well in that election. Yeah. And that's probably a good place to leave it for another week because there's a lot to be said. Ben, I was really excited to do Albin Barkley in one episode, but... This is the first... We've done a lot of episodes that are... Like, a lot of series that are multi-episode parts about presidents. Even, I think, maybe a, uh, a first lady or two. This is the first vice president that is getting his own two-parter. Or at least two-parter. Maybe more. Crazy. The one thing I will say is that you all have said over and over and over... Some of you have said, like, oh, we want longer episodes. Well, okay sorry some of you have said these 20 to 25 minute episodes are perfect for my commute so that's where we're trying to keep them for you and if you appreciate that and you appreciate our podcast in general and you haven't left us an itunes review i'm gonna call your mom and tell her to scold you so go and leave us an itunes review so your mom doesn't have to hear about it wow there's nothing like a guilt trip to get people to take action that's right (laughs) hey speaking of taking action uh you can also support us on patreon if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash election college, you can donate to the podcast. It's not really donate. It's you're just giving us certificates of appreciation. We 
We appreciate that. It's like you're paying us for the thing you're already getting for free, which you should do. Totally. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.